Roxana, heiress to the Vampire Slayer throne, has performance anxiety. She's supposed to kill Elias, but so far she's only succeeded in maxing out his credit card. Now her failure to stake the brooding vampire has sent her back to Moscow in disgrace to face her mother's wrath. Expecting punishment by death, she's given a rare reprieve. She now has three tasks to complete, the last of which is to finally kill Elias. She will not fail this time. If only the memories of one magical evening, back when Elias was human, would stop holding her back. He claims to have forgotten that night. Why can't she? Three years ago, Elias was a SWAT team member on a guy's weekend in Vegas. Playing poker and minding his own business, his life changed forever when a captivating blonde strolled past his table in a light-up bra. He followed Roxana as if compelled, his very bones demanding he do so, his soul resonating with the belief she would be important to him always. That turned out to be a vast understatement, and nothing has changed. Roxana embarks on her mission, determined to win back her mother's approval. But when an astonishing truth emerges in the 11th hour, will her stake pierce the very heart that beats in her honor? Or will love triumph over duty? This Time Tomorrow is a standalone vampire romance and is available now at all retailers. Download today! Hello, lady listeners. Hey, lady DJ. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Mel, hold your enthusiasm, please. To the <laughs> I was on mute. I was like, "Hey, lady DJs." I was like, "Oh, you're just gonna talk over me. That's fun." <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome back to Ella Maven Week here on Ruby Romance. We're gonna get to the other half of changing her look. Some some awesome uh, motorcycle aliens. <laughs> I love it. I love ridiculous Which shit like so- this. I love over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that she she's writing it knowing full well how over the top it is, <laughs> and she she's having fun. With so, it, um, I just want to kick it off with Animal Crossing once more since we did on Monday. I just oh want to be consistent, but I did want to tell you guys on the game people can pick a nickname for you. So hold on, I took a picture of it, and I don't know if you can see it. The nickname I chose, baby, baby girl. girl. <laughs> it's from three sixty five. So she calls me baby girl now. <laughs> so all the people do on there. It's great. Are you lost, baby girl? Yes. Oh my god. Siri just said yes it is. So um so Mel, you watched it. You have to tell us what you're what you, Oh yeah, Mel, you watched 365. So tell us what you said. I didn't watch the movie. I just watched like 25. That's it? You didn't watch the whole Wait a thing? Wait a minute. I watched like clips. The whole the boardroom scenes in the beginning were 25 minutes. I know. <laughs> Please tell me you got past that. I got, I just did like mainly the sex stuff. Okay. So about. you just fast okay. forwarded to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still thinking about I mean, it. Yeah. And somebody posted a gif of him sitting down in the private plane and he does this like subtle hip thrust thing. Like I have to send it it's to you. It's when he man spreads. Oh. <laughs> man spreads, and then he like it's almost like he sat a little bit on his balls, so he has to like sh- like lift his hips a little bit and like fling his hips out. <laughs> and it's in slow motion, and so you're just like. Wow. <laughs> um. 
Jeez. Well, I was telling Mel, one of our friends, Heather, she has Instagram that's called Hockey Makeup. She posts a lot of really cute stuff on her stories. And one of the things she posted was it was a scene during filming, but they weren't, they were in street clothes. They weren't filming that day, but they were on set and they're kind of off to the side. And he just like pulls her to, um, or she, he pulls her to him and, um, he kisses her cheek and then kisses her forehead. It's just like, it's so casual. Like they're not being, the they, yeah, like they're not being filmed or anything, but it's just like, he just pulls her close and just kisses her like on the cheek and forehead. Like it's so affectionate. I mean, it wasn't even sexual. It was just like, he just wanted that. He just wanted that, that comfort almost, you know, they have to be really close. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what yeah. I was saying to Lee. I was like, they have to be really close. They have to be super I mean, close. I, I have seen videos of them like um, fat having fun yeah, on the set too. Yeah. And I'm just like, I wonder, I wonder. Well, I just think if you're <laughs> going to have somebody suck your nipple in a non-sexual way, you've got to be pretty close, right? Like, can you imagine just whipping your tit out and being like. But if you think about it, some of your friends, God, if I had to do a fake sex scene, it would probably want to want to be with one of my guy friends. Yeah, and you'd you want it to be with okay, someone That would close. be more comfortable. No, I want it to be with a total no. stranger. No, no, I couldn't. Yeah, no. no, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, it had to be somebody I'm never going to see. It would have to be with somebody I trusted. Like, I would have to love them. I could be yeah, more open, yeah. I feel like. Because uh-huh. I love them, I trust them, yeah. I would be like. To me, it was like. I just sent you guys that gif. Oh, did you? All right, I'm going to look at it real time. But I think about, like, okay, what if I had to do this? What if I had to have sex with someone that I was close to? And and I immediately thought of, oh, yeah, that gif is nice. <laughs> It's so subtle, but it's like, oh, you can see. see. But um, (laughs) I immediately thought of like my daughter's godfather who's gay. And I was just like, well, I would totally, if I had to do it with someone, like I would want it to be with him. Like I trust him. I love him, you know, but I would probably get turned on doing this. And then I'm like, well, well, would it be, would it be more weird afterwards that I'm turned on with someone that I love and trust? Or would it be less weird to be turned on with a stranger? I think it's natural, even if it's, you're not even turned on by the mm-hmm. people, just to Physically get stimulated. Yeah. thinking about yeah. sex. Yeah. Your brain goes to sex and you probably already are thinking of your favorite sex, yeah. your favorite sex positions. And it may not even be what's that's happening. You're just thinking about mm-hmm. sex. Now. You would just have to like, at some point, I just imagine that they had to get completely naked in front of each other and just be like, let's just get comfortable before the cameras start rolling. Let's just get comfortable and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They should do like a, um, a sweepstakes to like get on the set of the second. <laughs> that test is going to enter seven million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna create the sweepstakes and then make myself the winner. Well, a friend of mine had messaged me earlier today, and she was like, "I was gonna watch it, but my husband said that he wanted to watch it with me." And she was like, "I think he thinks he's gonna get lucky," and I'm like, "Oh, he's right." <laughs> he's I was like he, he's not wrong you're gonna want to watch it with him <laughs> I mean I I mean I you know I watched it with my husband and I was I was just interested in what was happening on the screen <laughs> I, I mean like no one looks like that guy yeah but I mean like it's something and he has this like raw animal like mess. you really didn't have sex I literally I watched yeah. the sex and yeah sex I watched wow. it with my husband though we had sex it's so right just like watching porn and having sex do you you don't do that yeah what I know. Why? Maybe he hasn't found the it's right one. Because, it's hard because, you know, I yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. All kinds of weird things. Oh, I sent Mel a couple of good ones the other day. I need to send them to you. There was one where this guy was humping the bed, and you don't see his face or anything. You just see his 
his like the side of his body and his dick and he's just humping the bed and you see his dick like rubbing the covers and he just keeps whispering like i need to come i need to come oh and, you <laughs> and like, oh, and Mel me, she's like, why is he wearing a condom? And I was like, so he doesn't make a mess. And she was like, why is that hotter? <laughs> <laughs> because it's not yes, his bed. exactly. <gasps> or if it's yeah. like, like he doesn't want to get caught, you know? Like he doesn't want to get caught, like coming all over everything. Oh my God. Like, why is that so hot? Really there was hot. another one too that was really good. Shit, what was it, Mel? I sent it to you and I was like, oh, this is a keeper. Oh God, it was the one where the guy and the girl, and they're both like, they're both, you can tell they're young by their bodies. It doesn't show their faces. Like, she's just really tight. I like that it didn't show yeah, their faces. Yeah, me too. I don't want to see any faces. I don't even need sound. I want to see, I want to see no. faces. I want to see time. Well, you're not see, getting like, them with this. Like, you face. could slip any book in this. I know. This, mm-hmm. any, because you couldn't You can slide faces. any person in there you want. Like, so it's just a younger couple, and they're not fucking, but he's, like, rubbing his dick on her pussy. And then there's this one part where it's just, like, it's, like, it's, like, a tease the whole time. And he's just, like, pulling her panties to the side and, like, rubbing her clit with his dick and then at one point like they flip over and she's on top and she has to like put his dick in a little to adjust her panties and you can tell that she likes the way it feels so she just slides down on a little bit and just kind of wiggles like on top of it and it's just like I know it's so I just fast forwarded that part and so it's just like she just kind of rocks on it for a minute and you can see his hands like he grabs her tits when she does it because it's just like he doesn't know what to do He's just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, he wants to go inside of her, but she just keeps teasing him. Oh, my God. It's so good. That one was a good one. I'm going to have to try <laughs> okay, to Okay, just send me yeah. all of <laughs> I'm just going to launch you with some links. But I'm surprised your husband doesn't like – do you think it's he hasn't found the right one? Or – No, I just think he's just kind of conservative. Like, he just doesn't – it makes it – yeah, I guess it just makes him uncomfortable. He doesn't like – He's never gone to the strip club either. He doesn't like strip Yeah, clubs. but my husband doesn't like strip clubs either because he's like, he's like, it's a transaction for him. Like when he goes, he's like, you know, women strip to to get paid money. He was like, it's an honest living. He's like, I just don't, he's like, I don't like paying for that service. He's like, I'd rather yeah. you just do it for free. I was like, oh, so you're cheap. <laughs> Sorry, you broke up. I said he's just cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so um, like, but that could be my husband's problem too. Actually, now that I think it, about it, it may. Well, my thing is, is like have sex while you're watching porn. Then he'll like porn. I we have. I've really? tried. It just it's not his oh, thing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's just I not know. his thing. Maybe it's not. I don't like a lot of porn. I don't like ninety nine percent of porn. But that one percent, buddy, I get down on it. <laughs> Just I'll like, forget about porn. I go on kicks. Like, I'll mm-hmm. get into it, and then I kind of forget for, like, a month, and then mm-hmm. I get into it and forget. I don't know. Me and my husband like, don't like the same kind of porn. We had a conver- I had a conversation with two of my girlfriends over the weekend that were here. We were talking about, do you ever think that using a vibrator so much makes it hard to get off during sex? Yes. Yeah. But do you... But my solution is that just use a vibrator when you have sex, right? I can't concentrate can. on two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I, I can't... Do the 69 and oh, get off. I do. That's how I get off. That's the only way I can, I, get, I can do 69. I can't. That's get the off only way 69. I can get off without a vibrator is doing it 69 because I feel like that's the only way I'm not in my own head about it. Like I'm not 
worried about my body or my pussy or his if he's tired or bored or whatever. That's the only way I cannot focus on myself is when I have his dick in my face. <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like I can't do the two things at once. It feels good and then I'm stopping and I'm not going anymore. I'm like, oh oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this. But you know what's but Mel, you would rather have someone just go down on you all the time like if that's all that ever happened you'd be totally okay but that's my husband yeah. i don't know that's my husband's yeah. kink i don't always mm-hmm. need it but he always has yeah. to do it i love that that's a great kink to have it's, but sometimes it's an annoying kink when you're like come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah when it's the whole process but i just wonder like if so do you ever think about not using a vibrator and going back to just using your hands so you can sort of re have a new relationship with well, how you get off. Well, it's kind of bitter, but like yeah. I said, my husband likes to is mm-hmm. into oral. So if I'm using a vibrator on the regular, it just takes mm-hmm. longer. If I haven't done it in like a week or yeah. two, then I come really fast. Ten seconds like with a, with a vibrator <laughs> or without one. Yeah, like if I haven't used okay. the vibrator in like a week or two, and he goes down on me, I'll come in like yeah, like thirty wow. forty seconds, and he's like, what? The <laughs> wow, thirty forty wow. seconds. That's, a, yeah, that's impressive. Really <laughs> well, now, so, and then he'll so, get upset. But if I use the vibrator on the regular, then I can last. Yeah. Well, I bought that vibrator oh, that no. they were talking about in the Read Me Romance headquarters, the one that sucks on your clit. I bought it, but I haven't used it yet. That was like my birthday present. The man eater or the man. I don't know. Is it called the woman? Woman Yes. Yeah. That was my birthday present to my vagina. So I was like, <laughs> here you go. So, Wait, I need you to report back on that because yeah. that intimidates me. Yeah, because it was like 50 bucks. So I'm going to try it out and see. But yeah, kind of the same thing. It makes me a little nervous to use it. But I've also thought like I've, I think in my entire life I've only gotten off with my hand like one time. I can, rem- I can yeah, remember I one it. time it happening. But I'm wondering if like if I really make a go of it and I'm like, okay, no vibrators, like nothing. I'm just going to do this. And if I can't get off like that, then so be it. Like I'm just going to let it build up. Yeah. yeah. And so like that's when I'm wondering if like maybe when I have sex, I can actually get off during sex without having to use a vibrator. That's that is well, the, that would be a goal my, for me. I won't make it that long. I like I. I, I don't want to subject my family to the mood I would be in if I tried to like hold <laughs> off for two weeks or something. But that's what I'm saying. Like eventually you will find that release though. I think you should try. I think we should make this a challenge. This is like a science yes, contest is, episode yeah. or something. No, We're about okay. to go in the month of July, season seven. I think that's how we should kick it off. I think we should try so this. When do we start? On July 1st. You guys can do it. Have fun. No, come on, Tessa. Let's do it. <laughs> No! <laughs> Let me tell it, Larry. It's the only, I thing, will I, donate, it's the only thing I have for myself right now. I will right donate $1,000 to your charity <laughs> of choice if you can do this. Oh. <laughs> look how sad you look. <laughs> you can do this, Tessa. Come on. Do it. I'll, uh, I'll think about Try it. Try it. <laughs> I'm going to send you these porn links, and then I'm going to tell you don't use your vibrator. Try it. That's messed up. I can barely make it through writing a scene, like, without having That's to That's what that. I was just thinking. That would be really hard if I was yeah. like, like the, yeah. the, the I would stuff just... we have to write for a living, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, But I probably thoughts. have sex more. I probably have yep. sex more. If I knew I could use my uh-huh. vibrator, I'd be like, okay. Let's <laughs> yeah, doors no open. vibrator July. Let's see if we can make it happen. <laughs> have you guys watched this show, <laughs> The Stranger, on Netflix? <laughs> the what? 
Have you? Have you watched The Stranger on Netflix? No. What is it? Oh god, it's so good. You have what to watch is it? it. It's it takes place in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it's Richard Armitage. Do you guys know who that actor no. is? He's very good looking. He's got his beautiful, deep British man voice. And um, so basically he's, he is sitting in like a restaurant and this stranger comes up to him, this young girl. And she's like, uh, she tells him, this happens in the first 10 minutes, your wife uh, faked her pregnancy two years ago. What? Right? Right. And he, she hands him like all the information. And she just leaves. And he's like, so he's he goes home. He goes and looks at the bank records. It's there. She did it. She faked his pregnancy. So he confronts her and then she disappears. And so there's all these, um, she's like, there's more to this than you know. She's like, there's more to this than you think. And he's like, well, tell me. And she's like, I can't tell you right now. And then she disappears. And then all these other people in this town that are connected with each other, they're getting blackmailed by this woman. And you kind of don't really know why, mm-hmm. like what she's after, but it is so riveting. Really? I'm, I'm five episodes in and I cannot figure out the plot. So but like what's going to happen? A, is this like a movie out. or it's a season? Is there, are there going to be multiple series. series or? I don't know. See, um, I'm worried right now. I, I like this, but I'm also worried it's going to be like Lost where nothing's going to get resolved <laughs> and nothing's going to get answered. and It's going to go on for like five years. Let me tell you why that's not going to okay. happen. It's based on a book. Oh, okay. Book. okay. And also by the author is Harlan Coben. Mm-hmm. But also um, it's British mm-hmm. and they don't be Yeah, that's horses, true. Like Americans. <laughs> uh, like, they had three, they had like two, mm-hmm. episodes, three, three seasons of The Office. That's it. They were like, off. we're done here. And we had 11. They, they, don't, they, they don't do, yeah, they don't do that. So it's really good. I highly recommend it. I, me and Pat are like really into That's it. It's cool. definitely something that like men can watch mm-hmm. too and be interested in. Ooh, so. I like that. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if we've watched anything recently that was that was good besides the 365. I think I've just seen it several times. <laughs> what were you saying, Mel? I was thinking about, I don't know. We used to do that reality corner, and this goes. Oh shit! That's right. You told me earlier. You remind me, and I forgot. Sorry. (laughs) Um, There was a show called Smothered. I don't know if I've told you about it. Okay. Well, on the show, I was watching it, and at the beginning, the the daughter hates her new stepdad, but she's like Mm twenty, so it doesn't matter. She hates the guy her mom married. Then you come to find out, she's like, "Well, at the bachelor party, he did something, and the wedding was already planned, so we did the marriage, but I never filed the." form I bricked up the marriage certificate and didn't file it so we're not legally married and if my daughter finds out what he did she'll never forgive him da, 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 da. I'm like what did he oh, do shit. and this is what he did I was I guess he went to a strip club the guys made him get a lap dance where the girl got completely naked but he gets sloshed like trashed he doesn't remember a lot he ends up throwing up in the strip club he goes home crawls into bed with her and masturbates and that's what she says he's cheating on her what she said yes like i've been like waiting i'm like what did he do yeah yeah he fucked all the strippers she's like and then he came home and he masturbated oh my god are you and she's willing to rip up a marriage license for that that he went to a strip club threw up on a stripper and then masturbated when he got home wow well what's the part that bothers her the most i'm not true i'm guessing that she's thinking like i was trying to say to you guys before it may not be the person you're watching. You're just now thinking about that. Yeah, sex yeah. And other things might be mm-hmm. flipping through your mind. I think she thinks he's seen the stripper, 
turned on by a stripper, came home, fantasized about yeah, the woman that just came. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of the strip club. Like, you don't go there and, like, you go there to get to get hard. I mean, that's really what it right? is, right? You get drunk and you get horny and then, like, everybody goes home without a payoff. I mean, unless it's one of those. One of those strip clubs. <laughs> and I don't watch hidden camera porn of those clubs. I'm just saying that they're there. Oh, my God. I love those searches. The hidden camera ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's all like it's like that's like for the last three months that's mm-hmm. what I, I don't know why i'm like hidden cameras that's okay uh it's t- totally unethical <laughs> no, i know it no is judgment. but you know least, there's a lot of I'll, unethical yeah. shit on porn <laughs> at least i'm willing to admit it mm-hmm. i guess um okay so leah do, do you want to ask some questions uh i have I mean, some. Like, maybe two or three yes well okay. i had a couple just like fun ones we haven't done them in a while and i have a little stack over here that i keep and i just thought this might be a light fun way to end friday's episode so which wild animal would you like to tame and keep as a pet this was based on tiger king i watched tiger king and i was like i'm gonna ask that question <laughs> why am all am i thinking about is what poops is <laughs> <laughs> Not an elephant. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> probably, uh, probably, Jesus, I don't know. I was going to say a monkey, but I can't even do it with that bubble. <laughs> I thought about Monkeys a koala because, like, you could sort of tote it around and it'd be really sweet and cuddly. Like a little baby. A panda? Oh, a panda would be nice. You just roll all over your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, let's say... Probably, yeah, something I could cuddle with. Like, you know when you see people cuddling with bears? Oh, yeah, that's nice. And you're like, oh, I'd love to cuddle with a Before bear. Before it ripped your like face off. <laughs> so definitely a bear. Okay. Yeah. Tessa's going to find her shifter mate. No big deal. <laughs> um, Let's see, what was that on? What do you say when someone gives you a gift you already have? Thank you. I just pretend like Do I you really, you just pretend you don't... Uh, yeah no i wouldn't tell them what's the point yeah i guess uh, i guess it's i true. mean you know, i can like make them go get you something else you're just gonna <laughs> take it home right? i guess so like i have a i have a hard time lying to someone though like i, I feel like i'd just be like oh that i already have one of these man like I, I don't know but i guess i wouldn't want them to feel bad you're right i would just be like i've been wanting one of these <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you say <laughs> that's what i would say i'd be like oh my you know me so well you know me that's not a lie you could say that what is your favorite summer activity masturbating that's why i don't want to do no no vibe july. <laughs> no vibe july that's what i'm calling it no vibe july i really do uh geez you know i, I don't like hot weather i'm gonna be honest like it my parent, my like my daughter goes in the backyard in the pool, and my husband's out there yeah. like listening to music, and I don't, and like I have to really force myself to, <laughs> to be social with I them. I just don't want to. Yeah, like it's, I like to be in the air conditioning, and um, I like going to the beach. I think that's my one of my favorite summer activities is going to the beach. Just like pack a cooler with food and drinks and everything you need, and stay out there all day. That's that's my favorite thing. I just miss I miss vacations because we'd always take a two yeah, week vacation. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. two week vacation in um, summer. Mm-hmm. So I definitely miss traveling. I think that's probably my top. Yeah, that's true. Top summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's under your bed right now? Suitcases and uh, an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> air conditioner. I was gonna. Do just you keep vibrators under your bed? No, I keep it in my soft drawer. Oh, okay. 
I have like a bedside table I keep them in. But maybe I should be more worried about my kids going through that. I feel like I have to now. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they're because, so curious? Um, she thinks she's getting more curious about and then she's just very apt to like exploring opening things she even if she knows she shouldn't so yeah. i've heard of like people having like a little locker oh that's not a bad idea like a safe yeah with a little combination mm-hmm. on it so that you're i feel like she'd just be more apt to get into that then like she would want to get into that because it would look like she wasn't supposed to <laughs> i could just see myself forgetting the combination like, yep and all of a sudden you call an apple support to get it open <laughs> And just smash it the sidewalk. I should message Pat to lock up your vibrators for the month of July. Wow, you Don't. would fuck so much. Because you'd just be like, <laughs> I'm just trying to get off. You don't just keep it in your nightstand drawer. That's where I keep mine. I have a whole drawer full. Sock drawer. I think Same my daughter right knows. There. How many do you have? Mm-hmm. Me? <laughs> really? That's it? Yeah. How many are we supposed to have? I only have two. Are you serious? I've got like 40. How many do you have? <laughs> 40. The whole thing. Like, don't you ever just want to what change it up? All of them? There's all different kinds. You have like waterproof ones and not waterproof ones and like ones that do clit and other stuff. And I don't probably don't have don't 40, like, but I, pro- I probably so have double digits. Legit. I don't like penetration when it comes to that, when it comes to a butterfly. So I just have like one that's very, it's like a butterfly massager, like a surface yeah. one. And that's all I need. It takes me like 14 seconds. It's, yeah. I have a couple of those too. But it takes me two hours to find the right video. <laughs> that the truth know, right what that's is that it's so annoying and it's like I, I find a good one eventually but then i don't know i don't save it i don't it's like it's like i never think i'm gonna do it again <laughs> or you're ever gonna need it again <laughs> yeah i'm just like okay click out go under your um your web searches you have to go under the private search and save it there i save all my links on that i don't use the private search i'm gonna start I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting thinking search. of investing in a site because i feel like the free sites now aren't doing it anymore yeah yeah, like there's too much to wade through. Like I, need I would pay stuff. if I knew I could get yep. quality. Like if I went there and it would be right, what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Somebody should start a website for women. for women. Yeah, the, like they, we no, think they, they have them. No, they have them. That you pay? Which yeah. one is it? Wait, didn't you tell us about this before? I'll do some I research. Like- actually, I'll do some research on this next for next week, but also actually for next mm-hmm. season, I guess. Yeah. Because, but I also somebody posted on Facebook. And I was, and I'm such an idiot because I, I was going to research this and then have a whole report for you guys, but somebody posted on Facebook and I was proud of her for doing this. She said, does any, or any women out there, uh, have any women out there actually paid for sex and how do you do it? And somebody posted a link to a website. No shit. <laughs> and I'm just curious. Who posted this? Like where was, it was it's, just posted like. It's just a friend of mine. She posted Like not in the, not in. Nope. Wow. The balls on this bitch i love her i know like i want to i want to be her her fucking friend right now yeah i know that's why i was like wow like yes yes. yeah (laughs) because we've all thought about it like even if it's not like actively to do it like we've gone kind of gone i wonder what that would be like and i wonder if because now i want to know i want to know all the details how do you buy a dick that's what I'm going to, okay, I'm going to bring the goods. Yes, please. So you, one of you guys, or both of you guys, you do the research on the female porn okay. sites. And I'll do the research on the female jiggles. And we're going to come in strong. Season, season seven, seven, Alexa Rowley week. <laughs> we're going to do it. Oh, do we want to announce right. season seven authors? Speaking of which. Yeah. Okay. 
So season seven starts on July 6th and we'll kick it off with Alexa Riley as you do. As, as you do. do. Then we've got Frankie Love. We've got Hope Ford. And those are the two authors that Mel told us were yep. writing safe, uh, safe motorcycle books. Mm. So yes. <laughs> and then we've, we've got Renee Rose who writes really hot mafia stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got Emma Castle. She writes sexy contemporary. We've got Tessa. Bain. Oh, who's she? I don't know. We'll find out. We got Nina Bocci. Yay! She was actually supposed to be in season six, but she had some scheduling conflicts, so we had to bump her to season seven. Okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, we've got Danielle Allen. I'm so excited for her. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. She writes amazing books. Mm-hmm. Tracy Lauren. Mm-hmm. We've got QB Tyler, uh, Jane Henry, and Carmel Rhodes. Carmel just had a book that came out yesterday. I posted it on um, Instagram. Cover just, it like shook me how beautiful. It's so fucking beautiful, is it not? Like it's like this really, it's this gorgeous black woman that's on the cover, but it's like this really pretty like purple haze that's over it. Oh, I see that. It's called Truly. Um, and yes. it has like uh the t- it just says a dark romance like underneath it, but like it's just it's so striking. Like the first time I saw it when I was scrolling, I was like, oh shit! Like I actually stopped. So I'm actually that's hard to do these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right, so we're really excited about season seven. Uh, make sure you're back here on July sixth, and we're gonna go ahead and play the second installment of Changing Her Luck by Ella Maven, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. 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 Chapter 4 Tron I had almost kissed her. I could still feel the puff of her breath on my neck, and the sharp points of her breasts as they brushed my chest. And if I read her right, she'd been almost eager for it. I had to be wrong. I couldn't let that consume my thoughts right now. I had a more important mission than touching her soft skin. And that was making sure she was safe. I stood in the belly of the craft, assessing the damage to our landing engine thrusters. The panel covering them was dented, preventing the open mechanism from working properly. If we tried to land now, the panel would never open. If the panel wasn't open, the thrusters wouldn't turn on, a failsafe in order to prevent the spacecraft from being consumed by fire. Likely, the Plykins aimed to damage this part of the ship on purpose, Keeping us in flight would be more beneficial to them. They'd be able to send a fleet to capture us, rather than to try to determine where we landed and scour a whole planet. I retrieved a toolbox from a panel along the wall and knelt down. On my ship, most repairs were automated, but on this craft, a smaller, cheaper model meant for short travel, it was all manual work. At least this time I'd be swinging a tool to benefit myself and not to line the pockets of the Plykins. I set to work with a blunt mallet to bang the dents out of the panel. There were scorch marks, and the metal curled around holes caused by the Plykin's lasers. I was secure in an airlock. A clear hatch below me gave me an unobstructed view of space as we soared through the blackness. Above me I could see Leah's outline through the clear door as she watched me. I told her to sit at the cockpit, but she didn't listen to my command. Part of me liked that she watched. I wanted to puff out my chest and roar that I was doing the right work for a Drixonian warrior in protecting his female. Not that our females hadn't been capable. They'd been our world. 
but we'd been their defenders so they could live life and organize our civilization into one of the most powerful in the galaxy. I banged harder, pouring out my frustrations on the defenseless panel. I stopped a moment and wiped sweat from my brow. I had to stay focused and under control, or I was going to do more damage. Long moments later, with the feel of Leah's eyes on my shoulders, I smoothed my palm over the smooth metal. The damage was still visible, but I hoped it was enough to trick the sensor into believing the panel was repaired. I slid the panel back into place and pulled down the manual lever on the wall. The panel slid between the track effortlessly, revealing the final airlock hatch below. A green light near the lever signaled all was well. I exhaled with a grin. I hadn't smiled in many cycles as much as I had in one rotation. I shoved up the lever to close the panel. We didn't need the landing thrusters now, but we would soon. I turned and had one hand and foot on the ladder to return to Leah. With a sudden jolt, my body went crashing back to the floor of the hull. The thrusters panel closed on my thigh, trapping me to the ground, just as an ear-splitting alarm pierced the air. Pain shot through my leg as the panel continued to close with what felt like bone-crushing force. I gritted my teeth through the pain and tugged, but I couldn't free myself, not against the amount of pressure behind this mechanism. I fought to stay conscious through the pain as I eyed the lever. I couldn't reach it, not while my leg was trapped in the floor. Fleck! I roared. How had a simple repair turned into this? What had hit our ship? I froze. Leah! Was she okay? I peered up to see Leah's face pressed against the clear panel, her little fists banging on the surface. Was she hurt? Leah! I shouted, but I knew she couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear her either. Her mouth moved, and her hair was in a tangled, chaotic mess around her head. I had to get free. She needed me. Suddenly, the airlock opened with a loud whoosh, and Leah tumbled down the ladder in a tangle of limbs and hair. Are you hurt? In distress? I gasped out of the pain shooting up my spine. Her eyes bugged out. Me? I'm fine. You're the one who's in trouble. You need to get back up to the main hall, I said. It's not safe down here. Yeah, I can see it's not. She glared at me as she ran over to the lever. She gripped the handle with both hands and tugged. It didn't budge. She gaped at me. Why won't it move? I, I saw you open the panel with this lever. You can't be down here. What if... I'm not going back there while you're stuck. Now tell me what to do. Harder, I answered. Not sure if that would work or if the panel was now locked in place. Against my leg. Harder? She took a deep breath and shook out her arms as she eyed the lever. Okay, she muttered to herself. You can do this, Leah. She wrapped her hands around the lever and this time used her body weight to hang on the lever. At first, she did nothing but dangle in the air until finally the lever dropped. She hit the floor with a thud just as the panel slid back. I gasped and my vision whited out as blood rushed back to my lower leg. Pain, fire-hot and nauseating, raced through my body. Hair brushed my face. Little hands grasped at my shoulders as she tugged to pull me away from the open panel. She couldn't budge me, but that was enough of a wake-up call for me to come to my senses. I stood on my one good leg and stumbled toward the ladder, bringing Leah with me. Up, 
I managed to say as the pain settled into a pounding throb. She scrambled up the ladder and I hobbled after her. The skin on my thigh, covered in much finer scales, was dark and angry, but the pain was subsiding. By the time we pulled ourselves into the hall and shut the airlock, I could just barely put weight onto it. Still, I collapsed onto my back, staring at the dome ceiling as I wondered what had just happened. You're sure you're not hurt? I asked Leah. She knelt next to me, her expression pinched as she took in my leg. I'm fine. What hit us? The system said space debris. The alarm went off, right, and I tried to yell down to you, but I couldn't figure out how to open the stupid door until after it hit us. The sensors detected the debris too late. <laughs> Who knew spaceships had blind spots? I groaned and reached down to prod my leg. I should have been more aware. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. But like hell was I going to leave you down there? She sat with her arms crossed over her chest, her chin set with stubborn determination that made me want to kiss the fleck out of her. I'd been so worried about protecting what I considered a fragile human female. I hadn't taken into consideration she'd be able to hold her own. That she'd help me. She'd tumbled down that ladder without a moment's thought of her own safety. She'd been worried about me. I wonder what my former friends would think if I told them a human female saved me. They'd probably tease me and then ask to meet her. Are all human females like you? I asked her, the pain in my leg nearly gone as the skin knitted itself back together. She blinked. Like me? How? Brave. Her thin eyebrows arched on her forehead. Brave? No, I'm not brave, and human females are... She waffled a hand. They come in all varieties. Brave, shy, smart, athletic, all different. Well, I like your variety. She laughed and shook her head. <laughs> You're crazy. You could have done so much better than me. She sighed. Anyway, how's your leg? She stared at it. Why doesn't it look injured anymore? It's healing. That fast? Yes. She pointed to the cut on her lip. This thing won't heal for days, and you nearly have your leg crushed by what looked like a garage door. I rose to a sitting position and thumbed the split skin, marring her plush lips. I wish I could kill him for striking you. I'll be happy if we never see one of those aliens again, she said. Me too. Our gaze locked and held. She looked away first, her cheeks flushing. I found I liked that color on her. After running another diagnostic test to ensure the spacecraft repair was sufficient, it was, I set the ship on autopilot so both of us could get some rest. I would have given anything to ditch the spaceship, as I knew the Plykins would have a way to track it. But my only advantage was a head start. They'd take half a rotation at least to gather their fleet. Their ships took time to prepare and fuel. Hopefully in two more rotations we'd be safely landed. On what planet, I wasn't sure yet. But we were headed toward the twin planets Corin and Torin. I'd decide when we grew closer. Leah's pale skin had already been marred by dirt, but her fall in the filthy belly of the craft had left streaks of grease on her hands and knees. Her hair clumped in random knots, and while I thought she was beautiful, I could tell she was bothered by her appearance. 
She continually fussed with her hair with a look of disgust on her face, and she licked her finger before rubbing the filth on her skin. This craft should have a cleanser. I retreated to a section of the hull marked with a familiar symbol and pressed the button next to it. A nozzle descended from the ceiling, and a nearby control panel lit up. I gestured to her and beckoned her closer. Here, this will clean you. A shower? She asked. Where will the water go? Water? I echoed her word, which didn't translate for me. Yeah, liquid that I wash with? I shook my head. No liquid. Where would it drain? She nibbled her lip as she cast a look around. Good question. Stand here, I told her. I will show you. She stood awkwardly, toes wiggling on the hard floor. Um, should I undress? The cleanser would clean her garment, but it would do nothing to repair the holes and rips. She'd plucked at the fabric often, and I got the feeling she didn't like it. You can, I said as I pressed another button on the panel. A shelf slid out of the wall, holding a stack of clean clothes, still wrapped in their clear sanitary packaging. I took one and ripped it open with my teeth. The shirt was massive and would hang down to her knees. Would you like to change into this? She took the shirt from me and ran her hand over it. The material was much thicker and softer than what she currently wore. A small smile stretched her lips. Yeah, she said softly, and when she lifted her face, her eyes were wet. I would. Are you sad? I asked. The last time your eyes leaked, you were unhappy. She let out a surprised burst of laughter and swiped at her cheeks. No, I'm not sad. Sometimes humans cry when they are happy, too. I'm happy to be out of this disgusting dress. To me, it symbolizes not good things. I wish I had my own clothes, but wearing something you handed me is much better. I liked that she was honest with me. I could see the slight difference now. Her eyes were merely shining rather than dripping copiously, and a smile tinged her lips. You can remove your dress, I said. I'll turn around to give you privacy. When you press this button on the panel here, a strong current of air will wash over you from the nozzle of her head. It will clean your skin and hair. She eyed me with skepticism. Air? It's condensed air that's been charged and filtered. This is the main method for cleansing in this galaxy. And one I'd only been allowed sparingly while on Vixlisten. She swallowed and dropped her hands to toy with the hem of her dress. Um, you can turn around then. I would have given anything to stay where I was and watch as that hated fabric revealed her body to me. But she hadn't chosen that. She might have accepted me as a traveling companion, but not as a mate. Not yet. Maybe not ever. And I had to live with that. I turned on my heel and listened with rapt attention at the sounds coming from behind me. The rustling of fabric, the sound of her hair swishing over her bare back. My cock thickened and my mouth went dry. I needed to do something to occupy my mind or I'd go insane. I took a step away just as the air turned on with a loud gust. A feminine shriek cut through the air before the air cut off, and I whirled around, machettes out, ready to slice into anything that hurt my female. Instead, I found no threat. Only the pretty human who consumed my thoughts standing under the cleanser, completely naked. She stared at me wide-eyed, and I stared back at her. 
unable to tear my gaze away even though I knew I should. Her breasts were plump and luscious, topped with dark pink nipples I ached to draw into my mouth. Her belly was round and soft, while her hips flared out, giving her a curvy shape that made my cock leak. Her thighs were thick, nearly hiding her sweet pussy nestled behind a bed of light curls. I would have given up just about anything then to taste her. Tron, she whispered, just as one arm crossed over her breasts, while she covered her pussy with her other hand. I'm sorry, I said, still unable to look away from all that flesh on display. I thought you were hurt. No, I, I was just surprised. The air is strong and... She swallowed as her gaze dipped down my body. And hard. It is, I murmured. It's very hard, but it does the job. Adequately. More than adequate. I curled my hands into fists at my sides to keep from reaching out to her. You'll be cleaner than you've ever been. I don't doubt it, her voice trembled. Not one bit. It took all my strength to say my next few words. I'll turn around again, so you can finish. She blinked. Yes, I I'll finish. I turned around. The cleanser sounded again, and I closed my eyes as I prayed to Phaetos for self-control. Chapter 5 Leah. I had never been the most modest person. I wasn't an exhibitionist or anything, but I never really cared about a nip slip or whatever. I had great tits, so why not show them off a little? But Tron seeing me naked felt like something else, something bigger, something meaningful. His gaze had held a naked lust, but for a brief moment, desperate longing had swept over his expression. And that was what snared a hook into my heart and tugged. He looked at me like he wanted to kneel at my feet and worship me. It'd been too much, way too much. And I needed him to turn away before I did something crazy, like throw myself at him. I couldn't seem to wrap my brain around the fact that he was an alien. And we were on the run from enemies who wanted to do us harm. It was like I skipped over that and accepted this was my new life, which was nuts. My need to survive must have forced me to adapt quickly. So when did become massively horny enter into my survival skills? Maybe I had some wires crossed inside or something. I didn't remember Bear Grylls needing to rub one out in the desert while he drank his own pee out of a snakeskin. I quickly shrugged into the shirt Tron had handed me. It hit a bit above my knees and was a soft, warm material that immediately made me feel slightly less like a kidnap victim. I shook my hair out, surprised at how soft and clean it felt. In fact, I felt clean all over. After collecting myself, I stared at the tense muscles of Tron's back as I cleared my throat. Um, I'm finished. He turned around and his gaze raked over me from head to toe. His jaw clenched and he gave me a tight nod. If you don't mind, I'll use a cleanser now. I stepped aside. Of course, I don't mind. He didn't even wait for me to turn around. He dropped Trow immediately. Just 
right there in the middle of the floor. Every inch of his blue-scaled body was on display, from his muscled abs that I drooled over already to his bulging thighs and his, good God almighty, pierced dick. I stared, unable to take my eyes away from the thick girth and low-hanging balls. A large silver ring was pierced through the tip, but even the weight of it couldn't pull down his massive erection. The inner walls of my pussy clenched, imagining how all of that would feel sliding into me. I gulped and finally lifted my gaze to find him watching me. He didn't touch himself or make any move toward me. The heat in his nearly neon violet eyes looked at me like flames. With a quick jerk of my chin, I spun around and gave him my back. I could have looked at him all day day, for multiple days, weeks, months, but I forced myself to keep my distance. I didn't know what his customs were like. I didn't think he'd hurt me, but the idea of giving up physical control to a different species scared the shit out of me. I listened as his footsteps approached. The cleanser turned on, then off. A rustling sound followed as he pulled his pants back on and stepped into his boots. Leah, his deep voice called, and I slowly turned around to find him standing tall and proud. Now that he was clean, I realized his color had been dulled by red dust from the planet. His hair now loose around his shoulders shone a vibrant raven blue black, and his scales gleamed a vivid blue. He was beautiful no longer the beaten down growly alien he'd been when he first held his machetes at my throat. Tron? I fluttered my hands at my belly before clasping my fingers together. You look good. He raised a nubbed brow and his lips twitched. You too. He pressed a button on the wall and a massive horizontal plate slid out of the wall. I didn't realize what it was until he pressed another button and a pad on top inflated. A bed. You can get some rest, he said, turning down a corner of the blanket like he was a hotel bellboy. I'm sure it's been a while since you slept. It'd been days of catching a few hours here and there, but who was counting? Where will you sleep? There's only one bed here. He shifted his weight and the color in his cheeks darkened. The ship is meant for two pilots who take shifts. But you need to sleep too. I protested. He blinked languidly. I'll be fine. I was tired. Now that I was clean and dressed in something soft and warm, just the sight of the bed had me nearly salivating. Tron fingered a dial on the wall and the lights dimmed. I took a step toward the bed, but the thought of getting on it alone unsettled me. My stomach churned. Sleeping was such a vulnerable time, and the thought of laying in there alone made me feel exposed. You can lay with me if you'd like. There's plenty of room. I don't move much when I sleep. His chest heaved and his ab muscles contracted. I don't. Please? I hated the pleading in my voice, but he hadn't lied to me yet, and so I wouldn't lie to him. It feels like eternity since I felt safe. 
I'm not sure I can fall asleep without knowing you're right there. That did something. His eyes fired and his spine snapped straight. Then I will lay with you until you fall asleep. My nerves calmed. I placed a knee on the bed and smiled up at him. Thank you. He sucked in a breath and settled onto one side of the bed, on his back with one hand tucked behind his head, the other resting on his chest. There was no blanket to cover us, which was fine. I'd had worse the last few days. A soft pad felt like I was living large now. I curled into a ball on my side next to him and studied the outline of his face. Just beyond was the cockpit and space yawned in front of us, pitch black dotted with distant stars. A shiver ran through me and Tron jerked his head brow low in a frown. Are you cold? A bit, but it's okay. I'll be fine once I fall asleep. Except as I lay there with my eyes closed, I couldn't fall asleep. I thought his presence would be a comfort, and it was. But his proximity stirred something else too. Like my libido, which hadn't dulled one bit, now that I knew what rested behind the bolt in his pants. My eyes creaked open as I let my gaze stray to the object of my thoughts. A human. If you don't stop looking at my pants like you're trying to see through them, I might just take them off and let you look your fill. I snapped my gaze back to his. My embarrassment at being caught switched to annoyance that he called me out on it. I glared. It was his fault anyway, just laying there all attractive and stuff and hung like a fucking horse. It's not my fault you got naked in front of me. How am I supposed to think of anything else now? He rolled onto his side and propped himself up on his elbow. You're thinking of me nude. Of course I am, I snapped, irritated at his smirk. Would it make you feel better if I told you that I have pictured a million ways to make you come in the brief time we've been laying here? No, it would not, I huffed. The amused gleam in his eyes annoyed me and turned me on at the same time. No, no. Because picturing it does nothing for me. Why was I poking the beast? I didn't stop. Even as his smirk dropped off and his lips curled into a feral snark. Maybe I want you to do more than picture it. Are you up for that? That was either the wrong thing or the right thing to say. I'd know soon enough. Because in the next second, the beast pounced. He descended on me like a conquering warrior who was owed his spoils from the war. His lips surged against mine, his tongue immediately demanding entrance. I let him in because I wanted to be his. In this moment, regardless of consequences, I couldn't imagine not exploring the magnetic pull between us. Our tongues tangled and he moaned deep in his throat as his heart length pressed against my stomach. The piercings on his tongue tickled mine. My core clenched, and I clung to his shoulders, digging my nails into his scales. He pulled back long enough to spear me with a heated look. Let me taste Julia, please. You are, I murmured, eager for more. He shook his head as he skimmed his fingers down my shirt to press over my pussy. No, here, I want to taste your cunt. My whole body went tight with desire. 
Out of all the aliens I came across, I found a species that did oral? That wasn't the kind of luck I was used to. I had to make sure I was hearing him right. You mean, taste me? With your tongue? I asked. His nostrils flared. Yes. Is that not an intimate act humans perform? I wasn't going to get into that with him. It is? You can taste me there. His lips curled back and his fangs gleamed. I was about to ask him if he knew what he was doing before he slid down the bed, threw my legs over his shoulders, and buried his face between my thighs. At the first lick of that broad, pierced tongue across my pussy, I arched my back on a scream. He latched on like he was on a mission, like the folds of my pussy held the elixir to immortality. He swirled the balls of his tongue around my clit and sucked. I nearly levitated off the bed as fireworks flashed behind my eyes. I gripped his silky hair in my fist and bucked into his mouth. Just when I thought I couldn't take any more, he left my throbbing clit alone and speared my entrance with that long, pierced tongue. Tron, I cried just as his tongue began to vibrate. A rumbling purr that originated in his chest rose up his throat and down his tongue to set my whole body alight. I didn't have control over my limbs anymore. I flailed and screamed and thrust against him. I wanted to come, but I also didn't want this to stop. I hung on the precipice of my numbing pleasure until he growled while thumbing my clit with his other hand. At that, I detonated, my vision shorting out as waves of desire coursed through my body. My inner walls clenched down on Tron's thick tongue as he worked me through my orgasm. When my back finally collapsed onto the bed and my fingers fell away from his hair, I was wrung out and exhausted. Swiping his mouth with the back of his hand, Tron loomed over me. I expected him to leer at me with a self-satisfied smirk, but instead, his eyes swirled a light purple, and his ruddy cheeks were tinged with a deep violet while his swollen lips were parted in awe. He brushed my hair off my face and pressed a chaste, precious kiss to my forehead. Beautiful, he murmured there, his lips swishing back and forth across my skin. So beautiful. Thank you for giving me that. Giving you that? I huffed a coarse laugh. I should be thanking you. I reached down to return the favor. When my hands closed around the hardness in his pants, he went still. I froze too at a sudden stiffness. Are you okay? I asked him. His dick was a steel rod in my palm, so I knew he was turned on. He swallowed. I've never, I've never done this. I blinked at him and slowly withdrew my hand. Done what? I touched a female, or been touched. We mate once for life, and I hadn't found my mate yet before the virus came. But surely, I let my face trail off, thinking he'd finish. Instead, he only tilted his head in confusion. Surely what? Weren't there other females? Another species? He only shook his head. My heart 
pounded. I had a virgin alien? For real. But you knew what you were doing when you touched me. His lips curled into a soft smile. Drixonian warriors were always known as legendary lovers. Every generation, elder males passed down their knowledge and customs to us. Well, that explained the piercings then. I reached for him again. You tell me what you like then, because I haven't had any lessons with your, uh, anatomy. I don't remember what I like. His words were soft. What do you mean? When our females died, our libidos died with them. I haven't been hard for many, many cycles until I saw you. And before that, I'd never released my seed. My eyes nearly bugged out of my head and I jerked to a sitting position. You've never had an orgasm? My voice was reaching screeching levels. He shook his head. I felt like I was going to hyperventilate. This was too much pressure. What if I hurt him? What if it didn't feel good for him? It would be just my luck to fuck this up. But then I looked into his eyes and saw nothing but trust there. Adoration. And a whole lot of lust. We'd figure this out, but like hell would I give him blue balls? Well, his balls were already blue, so I wouldn't give him purple balls or whatever. I carefully pushed on his shoulders until he lay flat on his back on the bed. His tail curled around his hip and the tip slowly flickered back and forth at our feet. He'd already released the clasp on his pants, which rested over his tail. So I easily tugged down the waistband until his cock flipped free, rearing up pierced and proud between us. He was long and girthy. An odd node sat at the base of his cock, and when I brushed my finger over it, he shuddered. The tip of his cock leaked a copious amount of clear liquid that felt like lube. I closed my fist over the head of his cock and stroked down to cover his shaft with a slick. He groaned and his hips rocked. Does that feel good? I asked on the upstroke. Yes, he hissed, and his tail thumped on the bed as if to emphasize his answer. I wasn't a sex goddess by any means, but I knew my way around a cock. While this one was supersized and pretty much a work of art, it worked the same. I continued to stroke as Tron's hips churned. When I cradled his balls in my other hand, his back bowed off the bed. Captivated by his blissed out expression and bunched muscles, I wanted to give him more. Everything. This alien who was more than twice my size had cared for me and respected me, and I wanted to give him everything I had. Without warning him, I bent down and sucked the head of his cock into my mouth. His whole body bucked, and on the next upstroke, he came on a roar. I swallowed as much of his surprisingly sweet-tasting cum as I could, but when it got to be too much, I pulled my head back and let the rest dribble down his shaft. I crawled up his body, and his glazed eyes immediately sought me out. He gripped my face in his giant palms and pulled me down for a tender kiss. There, he murmured against my lips, Thank you, my precious human. Precious. I was his precious. I'd never been precious to anyone. 
I curled up against him and tucked my face into his neck. His tail curled around me and I closed my eyes. For a moment, I let myself revel in my good luck at meeting Tron. I didn't let myself think about when that luck would inevitably run out. Chapter 6 Tron I stared at my female sleeping next to me, in awe of the way her light eyelashes rested on the tops of her cheeks. Her small hands curled under her chin, and her lips were slightly parted in sleep. She'd gifted me so much. I could still taste her sweet cunt on my tongue and feel the heat of her lips wrapped around my cock. I wanted her again. Now. But she needed to rest, and I needed to focus on getting us as far away from Vic's listen as I could. I'd gone from the feeling of needing to protect a female to needing to protect her. Leah, my brave human. My purpose was singular and focused. She was the priority now. I ran my fingers through her golden hair, amazed at the way the strands shone in the dim light. After a lifetime of pain and anguish, I finally found something good. My Leah. Anyone who wished to do her harm would have to kill me first. And I was damn hard to kill. Without rousing her, I slowly rose from the bed. She remained in a tight ball, her breathing deep and even. Retreating to the control panel, I sat and stared out at the clear front panel, assessing my options. Earlier, I'd sent a message to Shep Halliper, an old friend of mine and a trusted healer, but all the comms came back undeliverable. The only accessible receivers were Uldani. I cursed. I couldn't imagine the Drixonian had been defeated in a battle with the Uldani, but their loss of access to the galaxy network was concerning. I felt pulled in two directions between loyalty to my warriors and to Leah. Returning to Torin to assist the males of my race tugged at the logical side of me, but with each pounding echo of my heart, Leah's safety rose to importance. I looked back at her where she lay with her soft skin, sleeping peacefully, because she said I made her feel safe. Me. I'd made her a promise, and I intended to keep it. I knew what I had to do. I couldn't go to Torin to track down the members of my race, knowing that I could be putting her at risk. I'd take her back to Corin, and we'd build a life there together, just the two of us. Once we were safe on Corin, I'd reconfigure the comm system so that the Plykins couldn't track it, and I'd find a way to get in touch with the warriors left on Torin. I didn't know what awaited us on my old home planet, but I knew I could hide us in my territory. My fingers sped over the control panel as I redirected our destination. With a final tap, the decision was made. Our course was set. I couldn't take her back to Earth, but I wouldn't place her into a war zone either. I checked to be sure our cloaking shield was still on and that it hadn't been hacked by the Plykins. So far, so good. Unable to remain away from Leah for long, I retreated back to the bed and lay down next to her. Immediately. Her body curled into mine, and she hooked a leg over my thigh. I fell asleep with the smell of her hair in my nose and the feel of her silky skin on my scales. We woke to the sound of alarms, and I knew immediately that we'd been found. 
Leah jerked up with a scream and I tore off the bed to take my place at the control panel. I immediately turned on every monitor and saw a large Plyken cruiser bearing down on us. The good news was there was only one. Maybe the commander hadn't been too eager to waste many men chasing us down. Leah flew to my side and gasped. I didn't make a sound. This was my element. I'd fought many enemies, including the Plykins, while defending my home planet. I didn't have the technology or defense craft that I'd had back then, but I could work with what I had. Tron. Leah's voice shook. I flipped the switch to charge the laser weapons. The advantage I had was that the Plykins didn't want to kill us. They wanted to board us and take Leah. All I had to do was keep them away and use what little weapons this spacecraft had. I accessed the weapon controls and locked the laser target onto the Plykin cruiser, aiming for the thrusters. The cruiser was too large for a cloaking shield, while ours, as I'd suspected, had been breached. The Plykins likely assumed I didn't have knowledge of this craft's defense system. They would assume wrong. They had no idea a former Drixonian fleet captain had been toiling in their minds. I set the tracking on the Plykin ship and fired. An explosion rocked our smaller craft, and for a moment, I thought we'd been hit, until the monitor on the screen showed a giant fireball in the Plykin's ship in pieces. Leah clapped her hands over her mouth, eyes wide, but I didn't celebrate yet. I searched for more ships, surprised that the Plykins would have only sent one after us. Maybe a human wasn't worth a fleet. My answer came a moment later, when a metal crunch sounded above us and we both would have crashed to the floor if it wasn't for the straps holding us in place. What was that? Leah shouted. I knew exactly what it was, just as a giant tear along the seam in the ceiling ripped open with a deafening screech. We were being boarded. The Plykins must have sent a smaller shuttle and attached it undetected to the top of our craft. Leah screamed just as four Plykins dropped through the hole to land on our floor with a thud. I ripped off my seat straps and tore Leah from hers before shoving her behind me. I had nowhere to hide her on this tiny ship, and so I was all that was standing between her and a lifetime of servitude on Vic's listen. I would never let that happen. The Plykins normally had solar guns, but not in deep space, as there were no sun rays to charge them. They had long blades and their fists, but what they didn't have was my bulk and my machetes. Jupolk dropped down behind them, his cape swirling around his booted feet. His soldiers didn't wait for orders, as he'd likely already given them. Kill the Drixonian. Take the human. I surged forward as they came at me with their long, useless blades. They thought I was meek back on Vic's listen, but I hadn't had a flecking thing to live for there. But now, I had a female. And not just any female, but Leah. Leah, who was my son and my purpose who I'd orbit for the rest of my life, ensuring she burned bright. I didn't even feel the blade sinking into my skin as I slashed at two of the soldiers with my machetes and swept the third off his feet with my tail. The fourth fell victim to my head spikes before I finished off the rest of them. The battle was over before it really began, because a Drixonian warrior was powerful alone, but with his female to protect, he was unstoppable. And in that moment, I was that warrior. Leah's shout drew my attention away from my blood dripping down my legs to see her lash out at Jupolk. He'd slithered by me as I'd fought his soldiers, 
and now he held her with a laser gun pointed at me. Anger surged through me, but I kept control of myself. One shot of that gun and I'd have a smoking hole through my chest. I see now I should have sent more soldiers, he sneered in disgust at the bodies and shook his head. This is sad, really, you Drixonians and your females, always with the protecting. I thought you'd be over that, but the first thing you do when we show up is protect her. I wasn't paying attention to his words, not really. I was looking for a weakness, any weakness. I only needed one. Let me take her, and I won't take you back. You'll be free and clear. I weighed my chances of getting to him before he could fire a shot off in my direction. I didn't know much about laser guns, as we'd never had them on Corin or Torin, but I did know they had a slight trigger delay. Leah struggled, her face darkening as she sucked in breaths, despite Jupolk's forearm at her throat. The terror in her eyes nearly killed me. But then something else passed over her face, and her lips pressed into a thin line. She jerked her chin down and then slammed her elbow into Jupolk's ribs. He grunted at the impact, and I pounced. My machete sliced through his wrist holding the gun, and it clattered to the floor, his lifeless finger still on the trigger. Black blood arced in the air, and Leah screamed just as Jupolk's pain shriek filled the air. I picked him up by his throat until his feet kicked uselessly in the air. You think caring about females makes me weak? I snarled at him. But I know the truth. It makes me stronger than you can even imagine. I squeezed until his eyes bulged and his arms tugging at my grip weakened. Only then did I drop him to the floor in a heap and swipe my machetes across his throat. His eyes held mine as he gasped and gurgled his final breaths. When his eyes dulled, I rose to my full height. I turned to find Leah crouched on the ground near the bed, her arms wrapped around her chest, eyes locked on Jupolk's lifeless body. I immediately went to her and drew her into my arms. Her entire frame trembled, but she didn't shy away from me. She wrapped her arms around my neck and held me tight. Are you okay? I asked. That was so brave what you did. You're bleeding, she whispered. I am already healing. My wrists burn slightly, and I flex my fists behind her back. The burning intensified, though, until the pain made me suck in my breath. Leah gasped and withdrew her arms from around my neck. I thought it was a reaction to me until I realized she, too, was wincing and rubbing her wrists. What's wrong? I asked. My answer came a moment later when her wrists began to glow. Chapter 7 Leah My wrists burned badly, like a thousand bees had stung me. I studied them and couldn't find the source of the pain until, well, some crazy shit happened. I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it with my own eyes, but I did, plain as day. Two parallel black lines ran around my wrist, like an invisible tattoo gun was etching them into my skin. They hurt, but I was too stunned to move as the lines, about two inches apart, met where they'd started, creating a band on each wrist. Then, the pattern started between the two lines, swirls and loops like flames. I stared up at Tron, but he wasn't looking at my wrist. 
He was staring at his. I dropped my gaze to see that marks identical to mine were now etched on his wrist. When the pattern covered the entire way around my wrist, the lines flashed a bright light before darkening to a yellow gold. The pain faded, and I was left with golden tattoos matching Tron's. My head ached and felt crowded, like someone else was in there, which sounded crazy, but probably no less crazy than magically appearing wrist tattoos. My mind felt fuzzy, but there was an unmistakable presence like a blue mist. Tron, I whispered, my voice hoarse. What? What is this? He looked stunned, wide eyes and a pale face. He swallowed convulsively as he flexed his fist before lifting his gaze to me. You're my mate, he said. Mate? I asked. I just can't believe it, he murmured to himself. Fatos has chosen us for each other. The locks prove it. I'm sorry, you gotta slow down, I said. Fatos? Locks? He took a deep breath. Fatos blesses us or curses us, depending on our actions. She gives us what we deserve and she has determined, I deserve you, which is the greatest gift I've ever been given. I ran my fingers over my markings, which didn't hurt at all anymore. The skin wasn't raised. They were like completely healed tattoos. Is that what these mean? He gripped my wrist and rubbed his thumbs over the patterns there. These are locks. They mean that you are my Cora Eternal. My implant roughly translated that term to forever heart, which made my belly warm. Locks are rare, once in a generation rare. We always chose our mates, but sometimes Fatah saw something in two dricks that made her push them together. Those were given locks. This was so much, a lot, but I couldn't deny the pull I'd felt when I initially met him and how everything about him felt right. But why did the locks appear now? He shook his head. I should have seen it. When the Plykin struck you, I felt the blow myself, as if he'd struck me. That started the bond. When I killed him, the one who drew your blood, the bond was confirmed. I didn't look at the bodies on the floor. I kept my gaze on Tron. So what does this mean? This means you are my Korra Eternal. The worship in his eyes held me in a trance. I will care for you and protect you. He swallowed and anguish streaked across his face. The mist in my mind dimmed and shimmered. Unless you don't choose me. Hey, I gripped his face. I choose you. This is all a lot to process and I'll need some time, but I've come this far. He ran his hand over my hair, then drew it back with a cringe. I'm not fit to touch you. Let me dispose of the bodies and then we'll use the cleanser. I offered to help, but he refused to let me lift a finger. He returned the bodies to the shuttle they'd landed on our roof. After cleaning the floor and repairing our ceiling, he sent their shuttle coffin off into space. After that, he led me into the cleanser. I didn't shriek this time when the air blasted us, but instead kept my gaze on my big blue mate. Yeah, mate. He was mine, just like I was his. 
his fatos had said so. And while I wasn't sure who or what she was, I couldn't deny she'd made a good match in us. His lips captured mine as the air sent our hair swirling around us, mixing the blonde and black strands in a tangle. His cock pressed thick and insistent against my belly, and I wished for more room to climb him like a tree, like I wanted to. With a slam of his hand on the cleanser button, the air turned off. He lifted me into the air on a growl, and I did my best to wrap my legs around his girth. He took us to the bed, where he dropped me down on the pad with an eager reverence. My core eternal, he murmured against my neck. I can't believe I'm so lucky. Phaetos chose you for me, and you chose me back. His big palm squeezed my breasts before his head ducked, and he sucked a nipple into his mouth. I cried out as his tongue piercings rolled around the stiff peak, sending hot bursts of energy straight to my clit. The mist in my head bubbled in rolling bubble. What is... What is this feeling I have in my head? I asked, unsure I could even describe it. Those are our auras, he murmured against my breast. The locks, they let us feel what our mates are feeling. You can feel my emotions? He grinned at me. Like a golden syrup in my mind, you are sweet and hot. Oh, God. I strained against him, eager for friction and hell. I'd been a good patient girl, but it was time for some good old-fashioned impaling. His tail slapped the bed beside us as his hand slipped down to toy with my pussy. He pulled off my nipple and gave me a feral grin just as he flicked my clit. Please, I tugged on his shoulder. Please take me, Tron. Does my Cora Eternal want my cock? He taunted. You know I do. He squeezed my hip. So soft. All mine. All yours, Tron. Your Cora Eternal. His lips curled back and with a feral snarl, he lined up his cock at my entrance and plunged inside. I gasped as stars flickered behind my eyes. The mist of his aura shuddered and pulsed. He stretched me to my limits, and the piercing at the end of his cock slid deliciously along my inner walls. He didn't just get to fucking. He rolled his hips and angled just right until I screamed at the first touch to my G-spot. That's, he growled as he began to fuck me in earnest. Get yourself off on my cock. Feel how hard you make me. I writhed against him, clutching at his arms and his hair. Just when I thought I couldn't take any more, something latched onto my clit and sucked. I bucked and looked down to see that note on his cock working my clit like my own personal vibrator. After that, I couldn't speak. Only take what Tron was giving me as he fucked into me like an animal. Waves of pleasure beat through my body until I was coming like a geyser, my mouth open in a wordless scream. Tron hips stuttered and his growls deepened until they vibrated the whole bed before he came on a roar. The spacecraft filled with our panting breaths. I stared up into the face of this alien who'd managed to take the worst luck of my life and turn it into something beautiful. He slid down to my side and held me against him while pressing kisses to my face, neck, and hair. I will do everything I can to make you happy, he said. 
We're traveling to my old home planet, Corinne. No other warriors. Just you and me. I'll make us a life there. And when I know it's safe, we'll reach out to the rest of my race. I won't risk your life traveling anywhere else until I know you won't be harmed. I knew he'd said the rest of his species were on the sister planet. I had thought he'd want to travel there with me and Toe. Are you sure? I'm positive, he said. The course is already set. You, my core eternal, are my priority now. I'd never been anyone's priority. I marveled at how much my life had shifted course in a short amount of time. I gripped his face and brushed my thumbs over his sharp blue cheekbones. If I can't get home, then I choose to spend the rest of this crazy life adventure with you. For once in my life, luck is on my side. The tilt of his head was cute. What is luck? Luck is like your fortune? I guess some people think it's like your fatos. You get the luck you've earned. But some people just have bad luck. That would be me. I grinned. Until you. I guess it took leaving Earth and meeting a Drexonian warrior before my luck changed. He grinned. Well then, I'm glad to be the reason for this good luck. For once, I didn't think about what could go wrong. With Tron at my side, I could handle anything. So that was how I viewed what was to come as we hurtled through space to set up a new life on a new planet. I was a whole new Leah now, and I finally had luck on my side. This has been Changing Her Luck by Ella Maven, read for you by Lacey Laurel and Jack Wesley. Hey, we're back. Hey. hey. So all of Ella Maven's Drixonian Warrior Series books are on uh, Kindle Unlimited. The first one is called The Alien's Ransom. Uh, if you join our newsletter, we'll send you the book funnel so you can download a free copy of uh, like kind of a novella that kicks off the series and like introduces you to the world. Uh, it's free. And uh, yeah, go to readmeromance.com and join our newsletter. Enter the giveaway. I think that's it. Do we have anything else we want to say? Uh, you have your book out. Week. You have your book out. Yeah. This time tomorrow is out. Sexy Vampire. Uh, it's the follow up to Reborn Yesterday. You heard us talk about it on the podcast. Reborn yesterday, yes. is it still on sale? I don't know how long your sale. I, I don't think it will okay. be. Uh, when the, no. Okay, well, it's not on sale, but go get it. It's awesome. And I listened to it in audio, and it's really beautiful. So it, I just enjoyed the shit out of that story. It was great. So Thank you. Yep, so get the follow-up now. Get it now. And we'll be back on uh, – we'll, we're off next week, but we'll be back the week after. So, Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read, read me romance.